0: beginning of culinary for you oh god like, all the way that. so uh, i grew up in new england uh, rhode island to be specific and i had two very distinct different families uh, my mother's side which is english and my father's side which was italian uh, my mother's side founded the Quidnick island so they like were banished from england and landed on the shores of the beach in newport um, henceforth why the name of the beach is Easton's Beach and then my great grandmother immigrated from Italy so I had two different worlds going on at the same time so we would have very deep old-school Italian going on and then we would have very deep English going on on the other side they're quite contrasting in terms of like personality and. in some ways if you look at them from the perspective of availability of product and ingredient Mm. it was all about what was there what they had to make the most of and it was basically both cucina povera, the, the food of the poor, because it was about what was available, what was readily there, mm-hmm. and make the most of nothing, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's what was really, what I really started to learn as I was spending more and more time. I mean, I grew up on the ocean, so commercial fishing was a part of my life when I was a kid. Um, it, we could go blue fishing in front of my house, we could go for mussels, we could go for quahogs. But then there was uh, a couple of kids that I went to school with that were actually in, uh, one of which was in school with my brother, who was uh, two years younger than me, whose father was a fishing captain. So I would bait lobster pots and help them in the summers and learn that craft as well. So um, our I would go back and forth between two worlds. So you would have the Italian and then you would have the English or the New England style cuisine so you know Sundays at at the Easton house with my grandparents would be like popovers and roast beast and then you'd go to we'd go to Providence with my great grandmother Rosalie and it would be like lasagna and pasta and tomato pie but it was all the one thing that was consistent was making the most out of what was had Mm -hmm. and Sunday night with family and that to me was all about the conviviality component about really spending time with family and so I I feel very fortunate I mean I was always surrounded by food in some way shape or form whether it was New England uh, clam cakes like I did last night I did that riff on clam cakes Mm -hmm. with the abalone um, using the same exact stone ground batter that my grandmother would get because that place has been around forever Um, and then you would have things simple things like that lobster boils steamers but then, if you look at Italian food, they had their versions of that from Venice, and they would do, you know, fish in crazy water, which was just salt water with tomato. And so you have all those similarities. It's just a little bit spicier in Italy than it was over in England. England, they're, they're a little bit. When did you realize that you had a knack for creating delicious cuisine? Uh, I don't ever really think I have a knack for it. I don't ever really... That's so funny because all you chefs and artists always say that. Because we're always trying to get better. Mm -hmm. We always never think we're good enough and I think that's the hardest part. I mean, for me it all started because I was a really bad student, like I was a really bad kid. Like I have ADD, I'm dyslexic Um, and my grades sucked. So report cards were coming, and then I'd start making dinner at the house because my mom, my parents were divorced, and my mom would work, and I would, like, come home, and I'd set the table, and I'd make dinner. And it was kind of like a precursor. Then I knew I was getting, like, I was, like, setting me up for my own failure because we would be like, hey, look, I made dinner. She's like, give me the report card. Mm. So it was like I set myself up, but it was like this constant thing because my mom's parents had a summer cottage next door that my grandfather built, Thurston and there was a garden around. So we always had dill and basil and thyme and and all these herbs always out in front. And I learned from her how to do traditional New England cuisine. So it was always like, it was always there. Like I always loved it, but yet I wanted to be a pro skateboarder. So, you know, I wanted to go to Olympic ski school and I did for a little while. Like I just, I always wanted to be an athlete, but I always knew that I could cook. I was very hands-on. Books were never my thing. Ironically, now I have 2,800 cookbooks in my house. Um, But it was always a growth pattern. You know, it was like I started working as a dishwasher at IHOP, and that was my first job. And I was mesmerized by watching two cooks cook breakfast all day perfectly and would get the eggs, the pancakes, and the toast up the same time every time. Granted, they would kneel down and smoke cigarettes in between big pushes. And they would con me into doing a lot of prep because I was the dishwasher, but they also saw that I was eager and wanted to learn. Everything happens for a reason. It does. And then, you know, I think that that was the big, that was kind of the start. And then I wanted to, like I said, I wanted to be a pro skateboarder. I didn't really see myself doing anything other than being a ski bum or being a skater. Interesting. Like if you read my high school yearbook, it says, it's so funny, like (laughs) talk about 18 year old idiots. Skater's like, rule. Like, there was like a skater's rule thing in there for sure. <laughs> I actually have a picture of me with my skateboard like this, like over the back of my head. But it says, um, be an internationally known chef and ski, ski the world. Wow! And that was when I was 18 and I mean, I applied for jobs in Vail. I applied for jobs in Aspen everywhere. And then I ended up, um, had a knee injury and then I ended up taken after I graduated from uh, culinary school, I took the summer off. Had I had reconstructive knee surgery the day after graduation, mm. and I started working repairing fishing nets with with my old fishing captain, Alan Wheeler, and his family. Uh, they they helped me out, get me healthy and back again. And then I moved to DC, started working for Mark Miller, and then it all just kind of changed from there. What an amazing story! I mean, everybody gets there a different way. Yeah, you know, and. Um, we, anybody that thinks they're perfect and thinks they are brilliant are really not. No, of course not. It's like, <laughs> it's a hard, it's hard. Our job is to give taste memories. And that's a powerful feeling. And I'm sure you have taste memories, right? You have really powerful ones mm-hmm. that are good and bad, right? Mm, yeah. <laughs> Everybody does. Yep. You know, it's like the first time you had liver. Everybody was like, oh, it was so gnarly, right? <laughs> it was like grainy and not cooked right or that beautiful moment where you tasted something for the first time and it's like an epiphany and I think to be able to give those memories to people it, it's you can't there's nothing really comparative for that like I don't pull teeth for a living I don't do numbers I don't sit there at a desk and type away at a computer and make video games I give taste memories and nourish people yeah. body and soul you know it's, it's, there's a lot to it you know and I think I don't take it for granted. I stress out about it a lot Mm -hmm. because I want it to be right and I want people to leave happy because it's birthdays and graduations and first dates and anniversaries and you know, the first time somebody had an oyster or the first time somebody had, Mm -hmm. you know, that's pretty fun. That's awesome. You know, that's, that to me is what it should be. Speaking of memories, what's the best thing you've ever eaten? Oh come on
1: yeah I know Man. that's not even real the one thing
0: that's not even real you can't even there's say something that. that came into your mind no 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 there's so many things that come to mind and I think that's what's really like are there things that have like that aha moment yeah there are certain things that do that but I think there's but it's always about time and place mm-hmm. right it's who you're with where you are and that moment and I think the perfect example of that is when you watch the movie ratatouille when they cook that dish and the reviewer gets it and all of a sudden his mind starts it literally starts going backwards it goes from color to black and white and he has that little dish you know he has the ratatouille with the grandma. like there are so many things that elicit that experience in you like the first time you have let's just say Growing up in New England, it was like belly clams are magical, right? Ipswich clams, fried belly clams. They're super delicious. It's like mini gooey duck clams, Okay. but they're like this big, right? They're super <laughs> delicious. And I crave them because I can't get them mm. where I live, mm-hmm. right? But then having the first time I ever had perfect soba noodles that were made in front of me in Japan, I'll never have that again. So I can't put one above the other. Okay. Does that make sense? Like oh, totally. I love Swedish fish. I'm a gu- I'm a gummy candy freak, but I like to open the packet and let them sit until they get firm. Oh. I don't like them soft. I like them firm. But I that correlates for me with skiing as a little kid I was because of your childhood. So you have these things so none are better than the other. They just all have different highlights. And I think that's what's important. It's like, that's like saying to somebody, hey, you got five kids, which one do you like best? I'm sure somebody will say which one they like best, but it's just for that moment. Yeah. You know, you can't, because that's really fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, how can people get more information about you and follow you on your magical adventures? Um, so I actually just started a new podcast, which oh. is really fun. Um, and you can check that out. It's called Losing Your Mind with Chris Costantino. And you can get to that through iTunes, but it's also on my website, which is chefchriscosentino.com. And on there, it's every other Tuesday, I drop a new one, and it's everything from pro cyclists to skateboarders, artists, musicians, tattoo artists, chefs, it's everything. So it's all about people who've gone through, you know, their little bumpy road to get to be who they want to be and where they are in life. And how they want to give back. Um, Social media stuff, like Instagram, it's chefchriscosentino.com, and... Or Chef Crisco Santino, I can't remember. I don't, know. I don't take it all that seriously. I think, you know, it's just like. It is what it is. It is what it is. I try to have fun with it, I try to make people smile. Yeah. You know? Awesome. Uh, I never noticed. You guys have dimples, dude. Shh. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure.